Hi everyone, this is Anna from the Don't Mind Me podcast. Whether this is your first time listening or your 20th time, thank you. My prayer is that this podcast will encourage you, whether you are in a mountaintop season or in a valley season. Before we get into today's episode, I did want to ask you just two things. Number one, if you enjoy this podcast, please share it. Share with your friends, share it with your neighbors, share it with anyone that you think might be encouraged by it. And second, please, if you haven't already, go ahead and give us a five-star rating, as this will definitely just ensure that even more people will get to see it and listen to it. Thank you so much, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode of the Don't Mind Me podcast. This is Anna from the Don't Mind Me podcast. I'm especially happy today because we're recording this on my birthday, so big deal, but uh, really excited because I have one of my new friends joining me, Zach Vinson. Zach, go ahead and say hi to everybody. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening today. And Anna, happy birthday, and (laughs) thanks for having me on today. Of course, of course. Well, guys, I I say this every single time. I'm really excited. I'm trying to come up with new words, but I don't think it's going to happen. But um, we're talking today about community, and I'm very excited about that because this is something that's been on my heart for a long time. Community is very important to me, and um, it's something that I love to talk to people about. And I remember when I met Zach, just goodness, I met you a few months ago. I mean, I think we met once and we reconnected recently. And when I reconnected with Zach, I just noticed how well he did community. Um, he's actually the leader of a group that I'm in, and he can tell you more about that. But uh, I just think that he's a perfect person to talk about this. So I'm very, very excited. But Zach, I'd love for you to go ahead and tell everybody a little bit more about you. Well, sure. So, um, okay, so I am from Florence, South Carolina. Uh, some of you guys have probably been there. If you've been to the New Buckies, then you've been to Florence, but was born and raised there. I'm living in the upstate now. I live in Greer, South Carolina. I went to college at the University of South Carolina in Columbia, and now I do physical therapy for a group called Interim Healthcare of the Upstate. So that's kind of my my story. Um, I go to Brushy Creek Baptist Church over in Taylor, South Carolina. I've been leading the Young Professionals Life Group over there for the past few years, and I'm also a deacon. So I'm not a, so kind of a disclaimer, I'm not a pastor, I'm not an author or public speaker or a theologian. Just a guy that loves the Lord um, and loves community, love talk, loves talking about community, which I never got to talk about today. So we're very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm not a pastor or a theologian either. So you are in good company here for sure. Um, well, I want to go ahead and get down to it because we have a lot of ground to cover today. Um, and so Really, Zach, I want to just give you the floor, but I want us to just talk about, you know, why is community so important and why do you think it's especially important to have community with other believers? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like I think about community. I know one of the things that I get asked a lot, um, you know, I'm not I'm not married. I'm single, no kids, not many commitments other than my job. Uh, but a lot of people have asked me in the past. You know, Zach, why have you never gone and traveled anywhere and taken a travel job, maybe maybe live in California for a few months or, you know, live somewhere else in the world for a few months and practice? I have those opportunities. And, you know, I think it's always come down to this, that because I definitely have flirted with the idea before. And I think I've just learned 
and appreciated the value of community, of having a home, having community, having friends that love you, care about you. And I think I've seen that value. And I think for a lot of us, like, you know, and Anna, you may agree. And I know I've had these moments, like you look back at, at a time where, where you had a, like a, went through a rough patch of life, a rough season, a challenging season. And I think for a lot of us, some of those seasons were times that we didn't have a solid community. We did not have a good group of friends around us. So I think for all of us, we need community. I see even now in my job where I'm going to people's homes, people who can't go out, can't go outside, can't leave their houses, and they they need community. Uh, we have like a loneliness problem too that I think I've read stats that say that over half the United States reports feeling lonely and that they don't have meaningful relationships with other people, which is scary to think, but we need those relationships. And you talked about Christian community um, community with other believers, while that's important. You know, we have we can make a lot of community in a lot of places. Like, you know, I remember when I first moved to the upstate, you had to find a place where you're going to go get a, get your hair cut. You got to go find <laughs> a place to get your car fixed. Got to go find a gym. Got to find a church. And, um, and, of course, you can find a community in a lot of places like the gym and, um, you know, sports leagues. Like, you have a volleyball group on Sunday or maybe a group that you play softball with or work. And those are all good. You can make good friendships. Um, I think it's important to have community with with believers, other believers in Christ, who are also making you and encouraging you to be to be more like Christ. Not that other friends can't. And obviously, we should have friendships with non-believers as well. But I think some of our closest friendships should be with people who encourage us to be more like Christ. And I have a friend who always tells me that. Um, your top five people that you spend the most time around are your top five friends, you're mm -hmm. going to become a lot like them. So it is mm -hmm. important that being in community with other believers, that you're with people who love God, that those are the people that you're most of the time in community with, or you're spending the most time talking with, or um, trying to become like, because you want to be more like Jesus. So I think that that's really important as well. And you're right. You know, I actually had written that down um, as well, that if you look at statistics, people are more alone than ever. I think a lot of that is due to social media as well. That's a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. um, but social media definitely um, adds to that. And I think it is really sad to see that that is the case. Um, but I think a lot of it, too, is and we'll probably talk about that. This as we're kind of going throughout. But um, people don't pursue community. I think we sit around and we're waiting for somebody to invite us to do something or mm -hmm. hoping that um, something will happen. But I always tell people, especially when you're not in a place like college where you're living with your friends or you have people write down, um, write down just a few doors down in your dorm, et cetera, you have to actually go out and pursue it. And mm -hmm. I think that that's a really important thing um, as well. Now, we you touched on this a little bit, but I do want to know a little bit more about how community has really impacted you. I mean, you touched on it, um, that especially during your darkest moments, you can look back and see how it, your community really impacted your life. But tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I, I, can, I agree completely with what you said, that it takes intentionality. It takes effort. And I even, mm -hmm. I can look back at my life, um, going back to like high school, college. So mm -hmm. 
you know, I've always enjoyed like being around friends, doing fun things. I consider myself an extrovert. Um, I'm energized being around people, but I took more of a passive approach to making friends. Like if I wasn't out like playing sports at school, usually I was at home and I was kind of thinking like, well, I'd love for someone to reach out to me and invite me to go hang out today or to a friend to call me. And I was waiting for that invitation. And a lot of times the invitation didn't come. And, um, and that started in high school and even in college as well. Maybe like you talked about not having a friend that was you were living with or something else. Mm-hmm. I did have my brother. So I have a twin brother. Uh, we were roommates in college. And, um, and so we did have community. Of course, he ended up meeting the girl that he would eventually marry. Uh, they had their nine-year anni- nine anniversary last year, last week. So happy <laughs> anniversary to y'all. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, with that, he was, uh, he was always gone. And so I had to really go out and make new friends and make new community. And I did have one good friend up there and he would usually try to reach out to me and invite me to places. But um, I would always kind of say, nah, I'm busy or no, nah, I gotta go study. And I would always decline. Um, I'd had, I made a good group of friends, but they weren't believers. They weren't Christians. And so on one end, you had that where a lot of those guys were kind of you know, going out and, and uh, mm-hmm. going out to the bars, getting drunk or, or smoking weed. And so I always kind of, I was a pretty good boy. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to go with that crowd. But then on the other end, um, I did get plugged into a church a little bit at, uh, in Columbia, a really good church there. But I was just kind of, I was kind of there. You know, you've probably seen those people where you're around. I was around enough that people knew who I was. They knew my name. They'd say, oh, hey, Zach, how are you? But I was one foot in, one foot out, which is probably the worst place you can be. Because on one end, you, you've got enough church in you that you're not going out and doing those things like, you know, the getting drunk and going to the bars, smoking weed. But on the other end, you've got too much of the world in you as well, that you're not really enjoying the church and you never really enjoy that community and that relationship with Christ. And so that was really where I was for a long time. Um, the turning point for me was a buddy of mine um, from high school I actually had been working at a summer camp the year before. Um, it was Camp McCall in the upstate. It's the Baptist Boys Campus, South Carolina. And he reached out to me and said, hey, I would love for you uh, to come out and, you know, you should come and work here this summer. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, I got nothing going on. So I put in the application and looking back, it was just a God thing that it all worked out. But I ended up there and that was the first time. So it's an all boys camp. And so it was working <laughs> with a bunch of guys, which people think like, oh, that must be awful. I was like, no, it was <laughs> awesome. It was so fun. So laid back. Um, just the things that you get into on the weekends and, but you couldn't go home. It was too far away. But that was the first time where I really was able to say for myself, because a lot of those guys now, they're in ministry, they're pastors, uh, student pastors, mm-hmm. full-time missionaries. I'm kind of the oddball that went into healthcare, but that was the first <laughs> time where I really said, wow, these, this is a group of people that love the Lord and they are truly pursuing God and the relationship with Christ. And I had never mm-hmm. had that before. So I had that and I was able to get um, just some mentorship. You know, my dad's always been a mentor for me um, mm-hmm. spiritually. But when I went up there, it was also good. I had a, the camp director was also a pastor and so a local pastor up there. And so he also gave me a lot of spiritual guidance, wisdom. So that was really the first time where I can go, wow, I really had a community of Mm -hmm. believers that, that poured into me and that made a big difference. That's really um, the start of, I I guess, where I am today and the person I am today. And of course, Mm -hmm. I've been able to find that community as well, just in the local church, which I know we'll talk about that later on too. And so... And so I will ask you this. So after Camp McCall, I don't know what year that was, but did you go back to college and kind of pursue community in a different way after that? Or 
Yeah. So, so leading community is always hard. And so I know definitely for me, there came a time where I loved camp, loved working at camp, thinking about camp, it's a summer job. It is a ministry, but it's temporary. And so mm -hmm. I did go back to school and I'm going back to school to do therapy. Um, and I told myself then, you know, I'm really going to be intentional in my adult years about making friends, making community. And so I did make friends in school. Of course, that was for a year. And then after a year, mm -hmm. I was moving again after I graduated. And so again, had to leave community, had to go and make community. That was when I took mm -hmm. a job up here in the upstate. And, but again, I kind of told myself, especially when I was looking for a church that, that I was going to pursue it and I was going to look and build community. Like mm -hmm. I know, um, I'll tell you about how I got plugged in with Brushy Creek. Mm -hmm. A family friend um, that knew my mom in Florence happened to know a couple at Brushy Creek and Taylor's. And so mm -hmm. Brushy Creek Baptist Church. And she said, you should go try Brushy Creek. And so the first weekend I moved to the upstate, my mom was like, hey, you should go visit Brushy Creek. And, and you know, I was like, nah, I'm going to go and visit churches. I'm going to church <laughs> shop a little bit. But I went and I remember going, didn't go to the life group or anything, no Sunday school, just went to the service. And I was sitting there and on the little slideshow before the sermon, in the service, they had an advertisement for the young professionals, which is people mm -hmm. in their 20s and early 30s, which is what I was. And they were going to be going to uh, on their annual fall retreat that weekend. And so mm -hmm. I remember sitting there later <laughs> in the week and going, you know what, I've got nothing to do this weekend. Um, I know that the young professionals at Brushy Creek are going to their fall retreat. I don't know anybody, but they're playing paintball. And that sounds like that might be fun. <laughs> so if anything, I'm going to go play paintball and have fun. And so I, after work, I got in my car, loaded it up, and I drove up to where the retreat was, not knowing a soul. And, and I'm like, looking back, the leaders of that group, they're still there. I've, I can only imagine like how they, what they must've been thinking. I feel so bad for them to be going, all right, we've got this fall retreat going on. We're planning for it. And then some dude has just showed, like just signed up and we don't know who he is, but I showed up. And so believe it or not, um, the leader of the group, he was actually a camper of mine at Camp McCall, him and his son. They mm. were in my cabin. And so we instantly re remembered each other and recognized each other. And so we instantly made that connection. And everyone there was so welcoming <laughs> to me and just so inviting that by the time the weekend was over, I said to myself, all right, I think this is the group I'm going to be a part of. And I never went to another church. I knew that's where the, I was going to build my community at which I know for a lot of people, they hear that and they go, okay, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not driving up to spend a weekend with a bunch of people <laughs> I don't know. But, but I say that to say that, yeah, you've got to really go out and pursue that community. Like you said, you've got to intentionally seek it out. I've never gone and spent a weekend with people that I didn't know, but I've certainly been to things with people that I did not know. So uh, I, I'm laughing because it sounds a lot like something that I would do as you're talking, but I think that that is such an amazing story. And how long has it been? Because you've been pouring into that group, how long, seven years? It's been about seven years, yeah. And now you're over that retreat too, right? Yeah, so I ended up, eventually, I had to make the push for a couple of years. We ended up getting it at Camp McCall. Um, mm -hmm. And so we've gone there. We've made connections. Of course, the other people in the church have made connections. Um, actually, one of the other life group leaders now works for Camp McCall. And so mm -hmm. I take credit for that connection. But um, we've actually, they've been really good to us. And we've, we've just had it where we've had our annual retreat there for the past five years. So mm -hmm. we're going back in September and looking forward to that. That's one of my favorite Woo. parts of the year. And I love telling people like, hey, that was my first 
time plugging into a group in the church. So if you want to make friends, come to retreat, mm-hmm. even if you don't know anybody. I love it. I love it. Well, I will ask you this kind of going back to, you know, we talked about community and we've talked about um, how you kind of got plugged into Christian community and how that shifted for you after college. Now, I do want to ask you kind of just to go back to this. We touched on it earlier, but why do you really think that building community is so hard for people? Because I mean, I think people maybe make it harder than it is. Is it actually hard? Or do you just want to make it harder than it actually is? Mm. How how much time do you have? (laughs) Because I I think there's lots of, and I think we'll we'll go to like some of the obvious ones. I think one, Mm -hmm. we talked about like, you know, that there's a loneliness problem, but like you have all these like, you know, avenues for connecting and like social media, like you said. And I think part of that is that we tend to, we want to put our best foot forward and live our lives through like like through a filter. We don't want to show people, you know, what's really happening behind the scenes. We only want to show what's, you know, our, our the best parts. And so I think it's just a lack of, it's a fear maybe, a fear of not wanting people to see the real you. And um, so definitely I think that, and I think also that I think we just become jaded as adults. Like when we come, when it comes to making community, we become jaded, especially, and it happens, especially when you, you get burned by a friend or you feel betrayed, you're hurt by somebody, those things happen. Uh, and I think just, we, we get less of a tolerance for people over the years. Like you think about, you know, you've probably gone by and you've seen the, the bumper stickers and the t-shirts and the coffee cups. And they say something like, you know, I only care about my dog and my coffee and three <laughs> other people. And so there's a lot of people I think are like that which is crazy to think, but that they're out there. Um, but I think that's probably the biggest things I think is just, I think we just become jaded. And I think that we just are, we're afraid to be vulnerable and build those relationships with people. And I think that we want, we want very low maintenance relationships, which obviously you don't want to have toxic friendships, but you, they take work. It takes work and it takes intentionality. And I think we forget that we don't want, we want, friends, but we don't want the effort and the time that you have to put into keeping friends and making friends. Mm-hmm. Everything you just said, there's so many things I want to go back to. I was going to go back and then you touched on something else that was really good. <laughs> but, uh, oh man, now I've got to really think about what I'm going to say next. Well, okay. I was going to say that being in HR was funny. My first day in HR, which is a people um, oriented position, they mm-hmm. said, you know, our favorite part of the job is the people. And our least favorite part of the job is the people. <laughs> and they told mm-hmm. me you're going to become, they, they said, we love your positive attitude. We love that you love people. Um, I'm an extrovert as well. And they said, but you're probably going to become a little bit jaded as time goes on in this job because people are going to disappoint you, especially in HR. You're going to see the worst of people. And I said, all right, we'll see if it happens. And I definitely uh, had times where I was disappointed in people or um, they didn't act the way that I wanted them to, especially in recruiting. You know, sometimes I would do all this hard work and then they would not come on their first day (laughs) um, or something like that. But at the same time, I've had to um, go back to what it says in the Bible and it says, love Jesus and love others. He made it very Mm -hmm. clear. So to me, you know, becoming jaded as a Christian is something that we have to stay on top of um, and it's something that we really shouldn't allow to to creep in too much uh, even though it is really easy 
um, to do yeah, that. Yeah, I know but... in healthcare, the same way for me as well, that especially <laughs> mm -hmm. people that are in pain, like they're hurting. And so people can sometimes show uh -huh. their, the worst of themselves when they're hurting a little bit. But hey, I get that. Mm -hmm. People can be hard sometimes. Investigating people can be hard. Well, I'll ask you this. I mean, why? Well, how do you overcome it, right? If you are, you know, maybe you've become a little bit jaded. Maybe you're hesitant to be vulnerable because you've just been hurt before. How do you overcome that? You know, that's a good question. That's one you got to really think about. Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's think about like the example we have is Jesus Christ in that Someone who came um, on earth, he was served, he served others, loved other people. And I think it, for us, you know, we're, we're human beings, but we do that. And sometimes you have someone that says they turn on you, they reject, they reject you, um, hurt you in some way. And I think we tend to just want to shy away and not open up to people. Um, and, uh, and it's hard. And, and I've been there too, where, you have a friend that that leaves or says they don't want to be your friend or or maybe they maybe you're in church with them and they leave because they're angry with you and don't like you and that that's a hurtful thing but ultimately we're, we're supposed to love other people uh, you know i think about i'm gonna be i'm gonna get personal here for a minute um <laughs> if there's something i could give you guys to take away with of course we're gonna talk a lot more but so about three months ago my grandfather passed away um he had been diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer stage four earlier in the year. Um, but one thing about my grandfather was that he would sit at his kitchen table at his house and he would have these little memo pads scattered around and he would just mm -hmm. write little words of wisdom. He didn't say much, but he was one where you said something, you listened, but he would write little memos on his notepad. And the weekend after he had passed away, we were going through the home, looking through things. And he had had one of his little memos on the kitchen table and I still have a picture of it. I have it saved in my phone. He said, mm -hmm. he said, loving never empties your heart and giving never empties your hands. And so for us, what that means is that, you know, if people, we, we're supposed to love people, we're supposed to show people Christ. And if people reject that, then, you know, so be it, we move on. But if we are loving people, if we're serving people, then we don't lose. We don't fail because we are being obedient. And that's what God commands us to do to show people the love of Christ through loving them. Mm -hmm. That is so good. And it makes me think about in Acts, well, really all throughout the Bible, but when in Acts, when uh, Jesus first sent the disciples or no, I'm sorry, it was before then, when he was seeing the disciples on their journey, he said, um, if they do not receive your message, shake the dust off of your feet and move on, mm -hmm. basically. And that has always stood out to me because, um, just like you, I've certainly gone through that as well, where people did not receive what I was trying to give very well, or obviously I probably have made some, I've definitely made some mistakes as well um, in relationships with people and things like that. But it was really, I remember the Lord would remind me, shake the dust off your feet and keep going, right? And keep going to the people that um, that are paying attention who do want my love that is coming through you to them. So. I think that that's really, um, really powerful. Well, I do want to talk about, you know, let's just get practical here because mm -hmm. we're talking about, you know, community can be difficult. We're talking about vulnerability, all of that. But 
What are some practical tips for finding and building community? Because I get this question all the time and, you know, I think it's a good question to ask and everybody has kind of different ways that they've done it. So I'd love to hear how you have personally, um, you know, built and found your community. Yeah. And definitely, I probably have a, have a few practical tips if we've got the time. I got a few because yeah. I get this question a lot as well. Either I get the question or sometimes I get kind of the complaint of like, oh, well, I haven't really been able to feel like I fit in or find community. And so, of course, mm -hmm. the first one we said, we talked about you have to you have to seek it out. Um, people, you know, the church is going to welcome you. They're mm -hmm. supposed to be welcoming, inviting. But ultimately, you've got to seek out community. You've got to, for one, I'll say this. If you're not in church, you need to go back. Like we think back. Um, we had a, you know, a commute, uh, a pandemic COVID a few years ago. And so we were all doing church at home. Right. So of course, I guess on one end, you found out with COVID that, Hey, we can meet virtually and we can still communicate. People can work from home, which is convenient. Of course, not in therapy, nothing changed for me, except one thing that changed for me during COVID was that there's nowhere to go eat. All the restaurants were closed, but other than that, I was still working, still touching people. But for a lot of people, they were at home. So we found out, hey, you can meet virtually. But then mm -hmm. that also included church. We had church online. And I think what happened with a lot of people, I wish I knew the facts, I think. But I've heard that like after the churches closed down during COVID um, mm -hmm. and then they reopened, most of the members of the church, there was a large number that never came back and never returned. Where people sure. just found it convenient to stay at home, you know, and, and be in their pajamas, drink coffee and watch the sermon, which I know my pastor is passionate about it. Like, Hey, like this is not the permanent fix that this was a solution mm -hmm. and that we got to get back into the church. So I'd say that first and foremost, if you're not back in church, you need to get back and go. Um, I'd say, and speaking of church, you're going to a service, going to a, attending a place. I would say you've got to be intentional. You've got to seek out the right community and that takes time, but eventually you've got to commit to, to a church, to a local body mm -hmm. and say, hey, this is where I'm going to plug in, where I'm going to commit to building community. You know, this may be a hot take. We can discuss it. I know one reason I'm not a fan of, of church hopping is that mm -hmm. it's so hard to really plug in. You can be like, like I was where I talked about I was one foot in, one foot out. You're around enough that people kind of know you like, oh, hey, how are you? But you've got to be intentional about not just, you know, so the church, talk about the church for a minute. And I know our pastor has talked about like, like our, our mission for our church is building believers, spiritual growth through the community. Well, worship first, worship community, growth, serving, and then going, going out and sharing the yeah. gospel. So I think for a lot of us, we've got the worship part. Corporate worship is good. That's where we talked about, you know, getting out of the house, being at church in person, corporate worship is good. But then for a lot of people, they may say something like, oh, well, you know, I haven't really been able to connect. You know, if they're church hopping, usually I ask them, hey, have you been able to plug into a group? Are you serving? And they say, well, no, but I haven't really committed anywhere. So I'm just not around enough to really get involved. So at some point, you've got to get involved. Um, mm -hmm. And there are people that are plugged into a church and they are going somewhere regularly, but they're only going on Sunday morning. And they usually say something like, well, you know, I just don't feel like I've been able to connect with anyone. Well, Sunday morning, you're only going to be able to connect so much if you're going, you know, you're, you're going, even like Sunday school, you go, you listen to a lesson, you go to a sermon, listen to the lesson, and you get up, you may talk with somebody a little bit, you know, hey, how are you? How's your week? How's work? 
good talking to you. And then we run out the door and we go to get lunch. And so it's just hard to have that intentional conversation with people. If you're only there on Sunday mornings attending the service, I mm. think you've got to seek out. Um, so if the next part is, you know, spiritual growth in the church through community, you've got to seek out opportunities for community. Uh, mm. And so that means getting plugged in with like a small group, a life group. And I think it's also great. I'd say this, it's important to have, community with people that are in a similar stage of life or a similar season of life as you, you know, especially as in my singleness now that most of my friends now are married, have children. Like I, my twin brother is living up here in Simpsonville. I've got a best friend from childhood who lives in Simpsonville. And there's been so many times where I might call them and say like, Hey, I'm going to take off work tomorrow and go snowboarding or whatever else you guys want to come. <laughs> and they're just like, dude, we're married. We have kids. It, it doesn't work that way for us anymore. So, so now I've got single friends that <laughs> I call them. They go, yeah, let's go snowboarding. And so I think it's mm -hmm. great to have friends in that similar season. But of course, that's just the fun part. But also, they're just seasons of life that each season has its own challenges. And so it's good to have community with people mm -hmm. that are going through the same things that you are. And then, of course, you have community. And then you also have growth through, through discipleship and accountability. And so this is where it gets mm -hmm. harder. But you have, you have large group worship. And then you have smaller group fellowship community. And then a result of that, the next step as a believer should be smaller group accountability and discipleship. And so one thing I always hear from people as well is, mm. you know, I don't trust everyone. I don't want to share everything I have going on with other people. And I think, and I say to them, you know, that's fine. That's okay. Like, like we're not mandating that you go and share everything that you're struggling with with everyone. It, but you should have yeah. at least one or two close friends that you feel comfortable going to what you're struggling with. Let them know, talk to them. And I think that we have a, we talked about this before where it, we have a hard time with community sometimes because we don't want to show people that side of us, that side that has issues that struggles, you know, like yeah. you should be willing to kind of go to, to a friend and say, Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? But I've been struggling this week. Maybe I'm struggling with, with my marriage. Maybe I yelled at my wife, maybe um, had a thought I shouldn't have and being open with someone about that. And mm -hmm. on the other end, you know, I think we worry that somebody's going to go say, oh, well, I can't be with you. I can't associate with you for doing that. Like, don't talk to me. But nobody does that. We're not going to say that. Um, we should become alongside them. And more often than not, we're going to say, you know, I struggled with that too this week. Let's work on that together. And we can, let's pray for each other about it. And then, of course, that's accountability, but that takes being a little more vulnerable. And then I also encourage people, also mentorship, um, reach out and connect with an older, more mature believer as well mm -hmm. for, for more discipleship. Someone that mm -hmm. you know, um, maybe it's just a little bit more wisdom, somebody you can go to for guidance, somebody that's, whose leadership you trust. And I would say build that relationship with somebody as well. But that mm -hmm. accountability and discipleship, I think that is that requires you really investing in a small number of very, very close friendships. Hmm. Well, I will, you, you mentioned this earlier, you know, talking about the church hopping. Um, we've discussed this before and I said, I'm going to argue on it, but really I don't need to argue you on it. But um, I guess my question about that is you already know this about me, but uh, say that you go to a church, you're plugged into that church, you're volunteering, you have a group, but maybe you're just not getting the, um, 
I don't know how to explain it, but the close relationships, it's just maybe not your group of people or you're trying, but it's just, it's just not the, the best fit for you. You know, I've had so many times I've been a part of groups from other churches while still staying plugged in at my current church. What's your thought on that as well? I'm curious. Yeah, no, actually, I, I have a, I have a lot of friends that I know have done that too, where maybe they're going to one church and then they also will come and hang out with others. And I, and I'm a, mm -hmm. I'm all for that. I think that we should be connecting with other groups, especially like mm -hmm. me and you were both in singles groups in the upstate. We should be yep. connecting with other people, like-minded believers who were in a similar stage and connecting and making friends. I, I think just as long as you are making an effort and a commitment to, to make connections with people and you have, mm -hmm. you have made one or two friendships that, you, you trust them, feel comfortable with them. Um, I think that's the most important thing. I guess I'd say this is that a lot of times people still say, oh, I'm still struggling with it and I don't know what to do. Um, I think the first things I would maybe tell someone are one, I would maybe say, look at how you're spending your time. If you feel like, oh, I just can't commit. A lot of times without even thinking about it, a lot of times you may not even be showing up. Like you think you're making an effort, but really you're just not around enough making it uh, making it a priority, but you have to prioritize yeah. relationships. You have to prioritize building community. It doesn't just happen yeah. for itself. And maybe you got to look at your schedule because if you look at your schedule, it'll show you where your heart and your priorities are. And you might look back mm -hmm. and say, oh, I'm spending like every evening out, out playing golf or out fishing, or I'm out, in the, out mm -hmm. in the woods hunting like every Saturday, or I'm going to mm -hmm. a football game every Saturday, uh, going to the gym for three hours, which I'm in healthcare. It's three hours in the gym every day is not necessary. It's somewhere I'd say you need to do something <laughs> different if you're spending three hours working out. But, mm -hmm. but looking at your time, look at where you're spending your time. And I think even make a sacrifice and say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to spend one less day out golfing or one less day fishing and go, go to the Bible study, go to the event um, that's going on, making attention mm -hmm. to make friends. Mm. That's one yeah, that's, I would definitely say is look at your time. That's a really good, that's a really good word. Now, I, I will ask you about this. You know, one thing that is important to me that I think is important to you as well is inviting people in uh, that maybe are not a part of the normal group or something. You know, I think mm. that clickiness is something that people can kind of get into in their 20s and 30s. And I mean, all throughout life, really. How do you, I don't know, like, what would you say to people who are like, I don't want to invite this person that I don't really want to have in my group <laughs> to dinner. What would you say to them? I guess. Right. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Cause it, when we said it, you know, relationships aren't always easy mm -hmm. and people can be messy. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we're all imperfect human beings. We all have our own struggles, but mm -hmm. I, I guess I would encourage people even if you have your close community, you should always leave room at your table for other people because you may have your close relationships and friendships, but somebody, like you said, somebody else may not, and they are seeking that out. And so, you know, one of the worst things, and I've even seen it in groups I've been a part of, and you probably have too, some of the worst things for the group in the worst seasons were times where people said, you know what, I'm good. Like, we're good. We've got our people. We've got the ones that we like, the ones we get along with. We don't need to invite anybody else. And that yeah. is the worst thing, like, especially in the church. Maybe you talk about the church that we should always be opening our doors, welcoming other people and mm -hmm. showing them the love of Christ. But 
that's one thing I would encourage people is always leave room at your table for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I would agree with that. I think it goes back to, you know, your quote earlier from your grandfather thinking about kind of what he said. And, you know, one thing that I always try to think about is I've experienced the pain of not being invited. Um, I've experienced the pain mm -hmm. of not having that community. In fact, I don't even know if you know this, but even with the Brushy Creek group, and I spent a lot of time with you guys this summer, it's been a huge blessing. The night before I was praying and had tears, and I said, Lord, I really need community. <laughs> and oh wow, uh, praise God, the next day, I got a text inviting me to go to Logoff <laughs> that week. And I went, and then after that, you and some others started inviting me to all the things. And we don't always get immediate answers to prayer like that, but for me, it was an immediate answer to my prayers. And so, you know, now I'm being invited. I'm a part of these groups. And so now I try to look for those people who want to be a part of a group as well and need that community and are maybe waiting to be invited just like I was. So mm -hmm. it always means a lot. Well, I do want to ask you this because I always ask everybody. Uh, so what are your favorite what's your favorite verse i have verses because you wrote two but what's your favorite verse i did write two so i would say <laughs> probably my favorite so so i did say proverbs 3 um 5 through 6 which is the first verse i ever learned um mm. trust the lord with all your heart but probably my favorite one and it was a big theme for me when i was working at camp mccall was second mm -hmm. timothy 1 7 which is for god did not give us a spirit of fear and timidity but of power and love and self-discipline and I think about, especially when we talk about being intentional and making friends and going and loving others, serving others, that that takes that takes courage that anytime you have a doubt, you have fear, um, you question that is not from God. God, you know, we hear it in the Bible multiple times. Don't fear. I think it's said more than anything else, like don't fear. And so I think about just what that means for us. Um, whether that's going to make a new friend, going to talk to somebody that may not be a Christian, sharing the gospel with them. It takes it takes intentionality and it takes uh, a little bit of, of bravery. But it's encouraging to know that, that God gives us a spirit of power and love and self-discipline, not of fear, not of timidity. That's a good word. I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I'm about done, but I think you had a question. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to so. we're going to turn the tables for a second. Because this, okay. is, the, this okay. is the birthday, special edition, birthday edition for, for Anna. So this is year 28? <laughs> yeah, I'm 28. Woo! Awesome. So <laughs> 28 is a great year. But yeah. give, me, okay. give me a review of huh. year 27, big takeaways, things that you learn, and give me kind of your outlook for 28. What, what are your goals in, for 28? So I'm really glad that you warned me you were going to ask me about my goals because my friends who know me uh, who know me for a long time know that goal setting is not really my strength. So it actually was a good thing you asked me. But um, I'll give a quick outlook on 27. It was a fun year. I will say it was marked by a lot of weddings and exciting things going on in a lot of my friends' lives and in my life as well. I made some really big moves. I quit my full-time corporate job. I don't even think I've talked about this on the podcast, so here we go. I quit my full-time corporate job in HR and decided to go out independently and work for my father. Um, now, while it hasn't gone the way that we expected, we've been awaiting 
uh, a contract for about five months now. Um, the Lord has really blessed it in other ways, and it's given me more time for ministry, which was really the goal. Uh, and then also, you know, really what I've learned this year is I'll actually share a verse. Um, it's in Psalm 143.10. It's teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. Um, so that's really kind of been my prayer this past year, and it's going to be my prayer kind of moving forward that the Lord will continue to teach me to do his will for my life. Um, he's taught me a new level of obedience this year. It's been very painful for me at times. Uh, I think, you know, it talks about how he bottles up all of our tears. This is vulnerability right now. And uh, I definitely have had a lot of tearful moments this past year, but at the same time, um, recently in like the past two or three weeks the peace that i've had has just been overwhelming that i'm walking right within the will of god i'm doing exactly what he wants me to do for 28 i have some exciting goals so we're going to make some big announcements right now one is i'm writing a book so we're going to no try to get that book done this year yeah uh it's going to be a devotional book and then i've already started on it so we're going to we're going to get it done because this is accountability right now. <laughs> and, uh, All right, I'll be your accountability partner. Get that book done. <laughs> and then my other goal is, you know about this, to start a worship night. That's right. So, we did talk about that. Starting, a, starting a worship night. Yep. So those are my two big goals for the year. I don't know if I handled that very well. We'll see. <laughs> well, you agreed to do this on your birthday. So we had to <laughs> throw in a little bit of birthday, a little bit about you. And not just yeah, about. Oh, there we go. Well, that was fun. Well, Zach, thank you so much. This was amazing. I'm really excited that we got to do this. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. Thanks for the invite.